I got a beef with Leonardo DiCaprio. No, we're not doing that right now. Uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. And scene. Scene. It's a big beef, though. I know. You've got beef. We got it. Okay, I'm the he- one who had veal Okay, for but do you want to hear about my beef? Mm-hmm. With Leonardo DiCaprio. Please. Okay, so. You're oozing. The man refuses to date women. Over 25. This I've heard. Okay, do you know how old Leonardo DiCaprio is? I do not. 47 years old. Oh, that scares me. He's three years younger than me. Okay. Wait, what? Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can math. Do the math. <laughs> so not only am I too old for Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm the mother of a child who's too old for Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. <laughs> this is your beef? That's what from what's left okay so why are we talking about leonardo dicaprio uh well today we're going to talk about winnipeg's connection to the titanic Ooh, ooh. ooh. turns out winnipeg yeah surprising connection to the titanic yeah um yeah do you want to kick us off with with why or whom whom well spoiler alert yeah the ship goes down okay so this is why i didn't watch the titanic <laughs> in advance of the, the movie because it came out in 1997 yeah, it took me until 2008 to actually sit down and watch the movie because okay. I knew how it ended. So I didn't want to waste the time <laughs> getting to that. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> that really shortens the list of things you could watch in this world. I know. <laughs> no documentary. Big Celine Dion fan. Too. Unless it's really current events. <laughs> okay, so Winnipeg or Mark Fortune? Yes, they actually came to Winnipeg in 1874. Pretty much one of the first. Yeah, one year after Winnipeg was incorporated. How many people were in Winnipeg at that time? Approximately 2,000. Did you know that like, Ish. outside Ish. of Winnipeg at that time, it wasn't even really referred to as Winnipeg? No. That was kind of a local thing at the time. <laughs> is that true? It is. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is probably a good time for us to tell you that you should take nothing from this podcast <laughs> to your next cocktail party. Do not use it in a thesis or for any research purposes. These are not researched facts. <laughs> I should also say that the opinions expressed here are not those of my employer. <laughs> I should also... Oh, shoot. Okay, I can't say that. <laughs> no, you are the employer. Okay, so, so Mark Fortune. Tell me... You tell me about Mark Fortune. Real estate developer. In a, in a city that was just brand a new, brand new city. baby. He served on Winnipeg City Council. Not once, but twice. Somebody had to. He founded the Winnipeg Real Estate Board. That's so cool. That's so cool. President of the Granite Curling Club. Also very cool. Apparently a very good curler at the time. Excellent. Uh, president of the St. Andrews Society. I didn't know spell. that. Uh-huh. Fact. Fact. Founding member of the St. Charles Country Club and a big member of Knox Church. Oh, I heard something about the bells. At the Knox bells at Knox Church. Church. Yes. Okay. So most famously, Mark Fortune uh, went. Did we say that he went down in the Titanic? I'm not sure we said it. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> To save you from watching the three-hour movie, <laughs> we lost Mark Fortune in the uh, Titanic. We're not trying disaster. to save people from no. watching it. Okay, so but the chimes at Knox Church are dedicated to him. They are indeed, and, I, I think and chime are. to this day. Or do they peel? Does a chime chime or does a chime peel? Is it a bell or a chime? Oh, 
Re- research might have told when us When is a door this. not a door? <laughs> when it's a jar. Okay, so a lot of Winnipeggers would know the Fortune Building, the Fortune Block on Main Street. Yes. When was the Fortune Block built? Oh, Paige, I don't know. Would that be sometime around <laughs> 1882? It would. <laughs> that was a good guess. I know, thank you. <laughs> After last week's shaming. <laughs> not to be confused with 1982. Okay, so Fortune, he built the Fortune Building, or he had the Fortune Building Block. built. Block. Block or building? Block. Well, he had the block more. built. <laughs> the yes. block was built for fortune. You called know, the fortune block. You don't know how much it cost him? I don't. Do you want to hazard a guess? Don't look at, at my notes. At that time, $30,000. Oh, I'm really impressed with your guess. It's $35,000. Really? Yeah. Pretty okay. sure you couldn't place the uh, the cornerstone for that now. No, no, no. Uh, he only owned the fortune block for a year. Uh, that was correct. Yeah. He sold it to? McDonald. He's got more than one name. Mr. McDonald? He doesn't have four <laughs> names, though. Uh, Alexander McDonald. Yes. Known so as Sandy. And he built the McDonald building next to the fortune block. Yeah. But many people think it's the same building. Yeah. This is in a similar fashion to the Nutty Club building. <laughs> We're all about the fun See how facts. it comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us about the Fortune Building. Um, because we almost lost the Fortune Building. It's the fifth oldest building in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> would, you like, would you like to hazard a guess at the architectural style? <laughs> I'm going to guess it's uh, high Victorian Italianate. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact... <laughs> It is. It's almost like you researched this building <laughs> after my last shaming. <laughs> it's because I had vowed that I was going to guess Italianate for every building that you brought up. Why are you and it only took it? me three episodes to be right. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. I know. I'm impressed. Did you guess Italianate for the Nutty Club building? I did. <laughs> Didn't I? I don't know. I think I did. And for one of the Salisbury House at least. <laughs> Did you say high Victorian Italianate, though? I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't. Do you want a fun fact about the Fortune Building? I sure do. From back in the day, uh, it housed retail and office space. Yeah. And was home to the first medical clinic in Winnipeg run by women. What? I did not know that. Fact. Mother and daughter. That's really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. The first women's clinic. The first women to practice medicine practiced out of the Fortune Building. That's awesome. And there was a butcher there also, unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. But just to give you the scope. <laughs> the breadth. Of the, the breadth of the businesses at right. the uh, the Fortune Building. That's very cool. Which reminds me. Excuse me. Oh, what are you opening right now? I am opening a Times Changed High and Lonesome Ale. And um, what is the Times Changed High and Lonesome Ale? It was brewed uh, with Vessel Brewery in partnership with the Times Changed High and Lonesome Club, which, spoiler alert, uh, is located in the Fortune Block. (gasps) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm just pouring some into my coffee mug here. (laughs) Beer in a coffee mug. Because we're classy like that. We're classy like that. Um, Do you want to know something else? Another fun fact about the uh, Times Changed High and Lonesome Club? Sure. The Pollard family in Winnipeg purchased mm-hmm. the uh, fortune block in 
2016 mm-hmm. and uh, had it listed on the Heritage Planner's list of assets. Mm-hmm. Um, and previous to the purchase of the Fortune Block, mm-hmm. he ha- the uh, the Pollard family had purchased Mark Fortune's pool table. What? Yeah, from his house. The billiard table the of billiard Mark table. Fortune. Yeah, and that billiard table mm-hmm. is currently in the uh, bar. And they're not afraid people are going to spill on it? I think that it's actually covered. Okay. I don't think it's actually <laughs> a usable pool table. I think it's functioning as a table, but I think it's uh, it's there. That the, is a fun fact. Isn't that fun? That's a fun fact. So the building was saved because it was going to be uh, demolished, slated for demolition before it was declared yeah. a heritage site? It's a very expensive building to restore. Um, primarily, uh, actually, the McDonald Block, because through its history, the McDonald Block is the one that suffered the, n- the most changes. It was a hotel? It was a hotel. It was a rooming house. It was a number of things. And through those changes, um, it suffered many, many renovations. Um, and probably the most amount of damage to the original uh, wood and the original structure of the building. I understand that the actual, uh, the, the McDonald block portion of the building uh, needed a great deal of work during that renovation, whereas the Fortune block is almost exactly as it was. It was in really good shape. Cool. <laughs> you <laughs> pretend to be interested in what I'm telling you. I'm just enjoying this beer. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me about the beer. Okay, well, the beer is really good. It's a uh, British golden ale. And uh, it's darn delightful. And I'm enjoying it out of this very fancy mug from... Where's the mug from? Modern Electric Lunch. Tell me about Modern Electric Lunch. Well, it's a, uh, a cafe. Would you call it a cafe? Coffee shop? Restaurant? All of the above. It's an eating establishment. Yeah. In the Fortune Block. Uh, and it takes its name from a restaurant that was in that block in around 1919 key date for Winnipeg. Exactly. And what happened in 1919? Oh, please don't ask me. Oh, no, we're not. Winnipeg That's strike. a whole different the episode. Strike That's page. a whole <laughs> different episode. Okay, so uh, in 1919, Modern Electric Lunch opened in the Fortune Block, affectionately known as Electric Lunch Number no. 2. And oh. it was the first restaurant in Winnipeg with an electric refrigerator. Come on. Fact. That's fantastic. Fact. So when they were doing the building renovations, they actually went into one of the walls and they found receipts from the Modern Electric Lunch. I heard a rumor. Yes. Those receipts are in there. They are. You can go see them. That's cool. And you can buy a mug. (laughs) (laughs) And what does the mug say? Business lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Sure it does. Back in the day, you could get a business lunch for 35 cents. Four courses. I think I think uh, the first time you told me that story, you referred to it as a businessman's lunch. A businessman's lunch. I think I was inspired by the businesswoman special <laughs> in Romeo and Michelle. <laughs> um, so, what else do you want to? What else do you want to talk about in the Fortune Block? Uh, do we want to talk about the Fortune Block? Do we want to talk about Fortune's house? Do we want to talk about Fortune's family? All of it. But before we get on to that, yes. I have another fun fact about the fortune block. See, I knew you had something. <laughs> <laughs> Do um, tell. <laughs> Hit me. So during the renovation, uh, 
the uh, general contractor opened up some flooring or some such and found a photo of a, a woman um, advertising um, asbestos floor tiles. Oh. And this woman, so she's, you have to imagine, she's in a 1950s dress. Yeah. And she's she's installing the floor tile. <laughs> and the, Herself. Herself. Uh-huh. And uh, essentially, the advertisement was that it's so easy to install this asbestos floor tile, you can do it while Sunday roast is in the oven. Mm. <laughs> would recommend washing your hands after installing all that asbestos tile and your lungs. <laughs> I love it. I love the ima- the uh, image of a woman in her beautiful fifties housewife dress. Yeah, on the floor on her knees, putting <laughs> asbestos tile just down. Just a quick job. Just laying a quick floor. <laughs> um, we laid. We laid. <laughs> we installed the uh, floor in our kitchen a couple years ago. And it was the peel and stick tile. Yeah. We had tiles stuck to our bodies. <laughs> we were both completely covered in adhesive. On purpose? Oh, no. Was it, was an <laughs> it was just a messy, messy job. It wasn't an act of terrorism on behalf of one of the two of you? <laughs> yeah, my son moved out shortly after. <laughs> no coincidence. <laughs> One other thing that I think is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. maybe more interesting to me than anyone else, um, Alexander McDonald, who bought and then who bought the Fortune Block and then subsequently constructed its twin, sort of fraternal twin, <laughs> um, <laughs> also built 246 Dromore, which is a big, beautiful home on Dromore, still there today. Where is Dromore? Um, it's in Crescentwood. Okay. The real crescent wood or the crescent wood I believe that I live in. The real crescent. According to the Facebook book, <laughs> Facebook group I belong to. <laughs> North of Corden. <laughs> oh, the actual the crescent actual wood. crescent okay. wood. Original crescent wood. Um, two forty six Dormore is two doors down from a childhood friend of mine. Spent a lot of time there. Hanging out with McDonald's ghost. Yeah. Neat. He was a bit of a cool guy. He was a cool guy. Lots of volunteering. Yeah. He was a uh, rather private man Mm -hmm. but it seems to me he did a whole lot of really good things in Winnipeg none of which I can list (laughs) for a future episode (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but that's like my favorite kind of person who does all the good things and then doesn't brag about them yeah he's a I wanted to say he's our people he's not he's not (laughs) he's so much better than our people (laughs) we should only aspire (laughs) to be his people Okay, so speaking of homes then, in the Crescentwood area. What a transition. I know. Ooh, that was beautiful. Segway. Holy smokes. segued. <laughs> All right. Okay, the Fortune Home was built at 383 Wellington Crescent. It's a also a big, beautiful home. It is. Do you care to guess what style it is? Guess. <laughs> it has Tudor elements. It, it has a lot of Tudor uh, elements. I've seen sources listed as Queen Anne Revival. I'm not really sure I agree with that. Scottish baronial came up as well. Baronial? Baronial. Okay. Baronial. Like colonial, but baronial. The baronesses, the barons. Gotcha. From Scotland. Okay, but a big 36-room house. Yep. Built between 1910 and 1911. Yep. How long did did Mr. Fortune get to stay in that home? Not so long. Untimely events took him... Yeah, so the Fortune family, uh, Mark Fortune and his wife Mary, 
uh, went on an epic vacation. They uh, took a trip to Europe in the Middle East to celebrate their youngest son's graduation, young, young Charles of 19. Uh, they took Mabel, Alice, and Ethel, the daughters, yeah. left two of the uh, older kids at home, and went on this huge trip. And to get back, they boarded the Titanic. The uh, Would you care to guess how much their tickets were? <laughs> Who did their research? <laughs> Fifty-seven dollars. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this much. It okay. was in uh, British pounds. Okay. Or at least the information was listed in British pounds. Fifty-seven pounds. Um, north of that. Oh. Oh. Yep. Okay. So if you could get a lunch at that time for thirty-five cents. Yep. A hundred and twelve British pounds. Upper deck compartments. You're gonna have to go higher. Really? Yep. One hundred and forty-two dollars. 263 pounds holy each an equivalent $18,000 today each no I think that was the whole family family. yeah okay each (laughs) stop trying to make it worse maybe your this is like a a flight to Vancouver (laughs) if we do the math maybe your $50 guess was right (laughs) okay so do you want another fun fact I do okay so before they boarded the Titanic they were in Egypt, and uh, Alice ran into a fortune teller who told her, do not travel on the open sea. No. Yeah. That's some Final Destination stuff right there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But they did. I mean, <laughs> fortune tellers in Egypt. Who's going to listen? Um, so they traveled on the Titanic. Um, Mark and Charles, being gentlemen, uh, were lost in the disaster, but Mary, Mabel, Alice, and Ethel uh, were taken to safety. Safety. You know, interestingly, the Heritage Report only lists two daughters as having been lost. I mean, sorry, as having survived. Really? Yeah. There seems to be a bit of a conflict there. Hmm. Um, all of the other sources do list all three daughters as having survived. Interesting. I will tell you this. All three daughters were too old for Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> All three daughters were too old for Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. All three daughters were too old for Leonardo DiCaprio. Many, many daughters uh, are too old for Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I also read that um, Ethel, one of the three daughters, was mm-hmm. engaged to another uh, fellow, another lost Winnipegger, John Hugo Ross, who boarded the ship with dysentery. Yes, and he had changed his travel plans to travel on the Titanic with the Fortune family. He was going to take a different ship back. You know what? Speaking of changed travel plans, yes, I also <laughs> learned... The segues here are killing one? me. <laughs> I need a neck brace. <laughs> uh, this isn't scripted, I promise. <laughs> we would have done much better. <laughs> At least one of the two of us can write. Um... Winnipeg's Tom Dunderdale. Tom Dunderdale, you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not Dumbleberry. Hey? 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 <laughs> Call back. <laughs> uh, booked a ticket a ticket on the Titanic, but um, wound up taking an earlier voyage because he was rushed back huh. for work. Yeah. Speaking and, of and what more? destination. And what more? Another Winnipegger who was lost on the Titanic... And I don't know if he was a Winnipegger at the time, but he had been a Winnipegger. Uh, was J.J. Borbank. 
Tell me about well, okay, okay, John James Borbank. Let's well, give him to me, he was JJ Borbank. All right, <laughs> tell me about JJ Borbank. I know nothing about him, but they did name Borbank Borbank Street after him. <laughs> and here's what gets me: Borbank is a pretty big, well-known street in River Heights, right? It is a beautiful street. Like who doesn't know Borbank? Lots of gorgeous homes, well, well received. Fortune Street little tiny street behind the Fort Rouge Community Center. I'm not even sure I know where it is. No. <laughs> it kind of, it goes between a street and a lane. Oh. I'm sure it's lovely, like for the people that live there, but <laughs> not quite as grand a street as Borbank. You know, speaking of streets. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe we were. <laughs> I feel a rant coming on. This isn't planned. Hang on, I'm just going to get myself some more of this beer. <laughs> so... Um, Sitting back. Did you know? This is a bit of a tangent. This okay. is unrelated to anything. A tangent other. or a rant? It's a, both. Okay. A rangent. <coughs> in 19... In not 19. Why do I keep doing that? It's almost like I spent most of my life in the 19... Something <laughs> or others. <laughs> in the 18... <laughs> In 1891, most Winnipeg streets west of Maine were renamed uh, sequential numbering. So we had a main street, then we had second, third, fourth, and so on. But that really... Just like a real city. Like a real city. Yeah. And we had south and north. Oh. Yeah. Um, but um, people hated the change so much, and they mostly ignored it. <laughs> I can't imagine Winnipegers hating change. Imagine. <laughs> and... Uh, so it, some people completely just flat out ignored it and used street names. Quite, I, I can kind of see it. Uh, a lot of people would put both. And so eventually they reverted back to names. It really only took, I think, a two-year period for them to revert back to street names. Did they go back to the original names or did they pick all new names? They went back to the original names with, the ex- with a few exceptions where they wanted to f- fix duplications and things like that. So there's a couple streets that got renamed in that process, but not many. Huh. Yeah. It wasn't so much a rant as just a an extended fun fact. Well, I thought it was a tangent, <laughs> not a rant. <laughs> I you, would like if it was a tangent, you would be like, "We need to go back to the numbered streets." Oh, do you think? Oh, I do. I am fond of numbered streets. I think that there's a lot of logic to that, especially because our streets are uh, random. Well, they're on, they're for the most part on a grid, not for the most part, but in large part on a grid. And so numbered streets make a lot of sense and make things predictable. Gives you a sense of distance. Yeah. Anyway. It's so un-Winnipeg though. It is. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that. That's it for the tangent. That's it for the tangent. Can I offer you a butterscotch candy? Oh, where, from where does this butterscotch candy come? Well, Recently, we purchased our waiting candy from Nutty Club. Oh, they, our listener might recall. Yeah, they might recall. And uh, I think that the plan was we were going to have a uh, a feast of candy, but we maxed out at about five. <laughs> I think it was three. And I was at the dentist today. Oh, so we we best take it easy and spread these out over the next fifty two weeks. <laughs> uh, but the candy that I've selected for you today is the butterscotch. Because I thought that this was something nice and old ladyish, like the you might find. What? It's just a butterscotch. It's just called a butterscotch. It's a butterscotch. All right. There's a little ASMR. Well, if you're gonna do For that, listener. open it. Oh, I guess I could open it here. Here's yours. 
other Rebecca? <laughs> if you're going to put us through that. So these were my favorite candies when I was little, which just goes to prove that I'm an old, old soul. <laughs> I've always thought that the name Rebecca is best suited to a nine-year-old or a 90-year-old <laughs> and nothing in between. Sorry, Rebecca. Mm. I'm out rebecca here. How is that for butterscotchy goodness? Now, can you imagine me past that in church? Mm-hmm. 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 Too lively for the Lord's Day? <laughs> I think you'll find it pairs delightfully with beer. I can't imagine that. No, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. It does not. <laughs> would you say that this Oof. is... <laughs> would you say that this is the grandfather of a Werther's? I'd say it's the grandmother of a Werther's, maybe. <laughs> it's not as... Um, well, no, it's not caramelly. It's butterscotchy. Did we want to say anything else about the fortunes? Um, oh, it's, we should mention, though, the house at 383 Wellington. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the fortune ladies returned, they were only there for another eight years. They moved out of that house in 1920. Originally a 36-room single-family home. Now contains between three and six condo units. We're not sure how many. What did your research tell you? My research told me six. Uh, My research told me six, and then I could only find listings for three online. But they're beautiful units. Does that just mean there's three of the six available? Maybe, and maybe the other three just have never been listed. Yeah, I can't imagine that's the case. It's a huge house, and there's a big uh, like carriage house down by the river too yes yes that carriage house um well okay so i I feel like i'm only talking about real estate value here but it does (laughs) (laughs) it does seem fitting given our our uh, owner yeah um do you want to hazard a guess at the uh cost of that home 393 wellington crescent oh when it was built yeah okay how much was the fortune block what was my guess you guessed 30,000 for the fortune 35,000 that's correct i'm guessing wait before you guess yes the average home cost $3,000 at the time. Okay, then my guess is $27,000. It cost $30,000. Shiza. You could have almost built another fortune block for the cost of that home. Wowza. <laughs> and units now go around six, six and a half hundred thousand dollars. Six hundred thousand? Yeah. Six to seven, I think. You six to seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. That's incredible. Oh, um, the architect of that home? Yes. Was William Wallace Blair. Oh, noted for other things. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming out. The baseball stadium. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for playing. Um, The Raws. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Super cool. We have to talk about that building. We should. In a future episode. Yeah. yeah. If we don't get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and not canceled in the sense that people get canceled, but literally someone's going to come here and take away our mics. <laughs> this might be a good time to <laughs> maybe is buy it, those is two. Is it a, a cancellation or a cease and desist? <laughs> all of the above. First we lost all our sponsors. Now this. I've offended Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I really thought he was a shoe-in. The man is three years younger than me. I can't imagine dating a 25-year-old. Well. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Trouble. Mm. What else do we have uh, at the at 393 Wellington Crescent? 
It's across the street from Executive House. It is. That's going to be a future episode. I'm so excited. I lived on Wellington Crescent for a brief time. In the little red library. (laughs) (laughs) Behind the little red library. (laughs) You're a stalker. (laughs) How did you know? Um, I watched you from the riverbank. <laughs> you did. You lived uh, literally down next, the crescent. No, literally next to the little red library. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the apartments, condos, units, something or other. Yeah. yeah. Father is still there. Oh, there. Yep. Uh. Are you aware of the Winnipeg Hotel, which is the building? Just it's older. Than the fortune block. Do you want to just slam that book shut again? Hang on. For everyone? I was just about to read from this book, but what's that? <laughs> Do you have another fact? <laughs> so the building south of our our beloved fortune block yes. is the Winnipeg Hotel. Yes. Um, I have a note that says it's the oldest building in Winnipeg. Well, maybe. Because the oldest building in Winnipeg is in St. Boniface. That's not in Winnipeg. Right. But it is now. Um, but it wasn't at the time. Right. That was an entire, entirely different city. Yes. But now, it would be. Okay, so... So can we agree <laughs> that St. Boniface doesn't exist? <laughs> we can agree. <laughs> that river may as well be an ocean. Um, the, uh, the building that existed between... The Fortune Block and the Winnipeg Hotel was the... Would you like to guess? It's a beer garden now, is it not? It's some sort of uh, interstitial space. Uh, Interstitial. If I may. Okay, yes. Liminal space, if I may. (laughs) The juxtaposition of nothing and nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Are we going to work the word juxtaposition into every episode? Literally. I think we should. Every episode. Okay, so it's a subliminal space. A sub liminal space (laughs) i think that there's right now there's all kinds of really cool things happening in that space like a beer garden and concert venue all kinds of things operated by the times change yes all sorts of different so what what was there the dominion hotel oh it's demolished now clearly (laughs) (laughs) but if you should find yourself lucky enough to gaze upon the streetscape at that time Uh uh-huh you'd see it's pretty underwhelming, actually. But the Winnipeg Hotel, which is still there, is much nicer and also owned by the Pollard family. And there are future plans to, to redevelop it. As a hotel or as office space? Well, I think... Or a residential. Oh. I don't think it's been determined yet. <laughs> <laughs> but let's speculate wildly. Let's, let's pick all the things. I'd, I'd like to see a library. Maybe a grocery store. Will there be a water park? <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Winnipeg's newest water park at the old Winnipeg Hotel. With slides that come right out onto Main Street <laughs> and into the derelict Main Earls. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, if you go fast enough, you can make it to the river. <laughs> I'd like you to queue up a reading. Yes. For our dear listener. Colonel Astor then inquired the number of the boat which was being lowered away and turned to the work of clearing the other boats and reassuring the frightened and nervous women. 
By this time, the ship had begun to list frightfully to port. This became so dangerous that the second officer ordered everyone to rush to starboard. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> All those heavy people. Oof. <laughs> I should say that I'm reading from a copy of The Story of the Wreck of the Titanic. Not the Edmund Fitzgerald? Published in 1912. Okay. And it's... Uh, it's a stinky little fragile book, but it's a treasure. <laughs> this great ocean liner representing the acme of ship construction went to her ruin after striking a huge iceberg in her course, an accident which probably was unavoidable. unavoidable. <laughs> Unthinkable. Was unavoidable. Through greater care might have been exercised in the matter of speed. Wait, is that saying that if they had hit it at a different speed, they might have been okay? I or they if, might not if have they hit had, it. They might not have hit it if they, if they were. were. Yeah. yeah. 2,340 passengers. Wow. Set sail. How many went down? I, d- I don't know that. I know that it was 130 Canadians. It was like two-thirds. I don't, I don't know. Okay, uh, well, <laughs> I thought you were the foremost expert. I did not research. <laughs> <laughs> um, 130 Canadians were on board the ship. 48 of them survived. Oof. Oof. Apparently in the Fortune family, they just don't talk about it. Or they didn't talk about it. I don't know who's who's all left. That seems like it would have been a tough thing to talk about. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a family uh, I, topic I of non-discussion. I did read of an account from Mrs. Fortune about how uh, a man put on a woman's coat and donned a veil and in this way succeeded in getting on a lifeboat. Oh. The unfortunate part about that was he went on to win Drag Race. <laughs> Put all the rest of the women to shame. <laughs> that was sneaky. That was very smarmy of him. Well, it, well, I mean, uh, unfortunately, what it meant was that all of the men who survived, there aren't many, um, were cast with the same brush. So cast, painted with the same brush. Painted with the same brush. Um, they were all at some point accused of having um, cheated their way off the boat. Oof. 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 <laughs> Did you know that the renovation of the Fortune Block was award-winning? I didn't. It's true. I think Heritage Winnipeg awarded them with... Uh, you know what? You're right. A Doors Open Award. I went to the open house. Oh, how was it? It was great. I got to have a nice tour. Mm-hmm. Got to see all the beautiful woodwork. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they did when they renovated the building was they lifted the banisters and the staircase because they were very low. Uh-huh. Because people were short back then. Yeah. Really? No. Oh. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe a I little really, shorter? Yeah. I don't have stats on that. Um, it was all the boiled onions they ate. <laughs> Stunted their growth. Um, the the railings were so low that they were, I, I think that during the course of the renovation, they probably could have avoided raising them, but there was no question they wanted to because it was just unsafe. But there's some really great photos online where you can shift between the original or not original photo but the photo pre-renovation and the photo post-renovation you can slide back and forth and have a look at that cool yeah dare to compare okay and so because it was declared a heritage site um does that pose any sort of problems for renovating or do they have to follow a stricter code stricter set of rules um I, I'm not going to be able to really summarize all of the issues, but <laughs> but yes, <laughs> but yes. Uh, when the heritage planner designates a building, uh, and even once the building has been nominated, um, 
it undergoes a process where they determine what the CDEs, character-defining elements of the building, are. And uh, those are the elements that they endeavor to protect. And so uh, alterations to the building uh, require the heritage planner's review and acceptance. And um, so it adds one layer uh, to, the, to, the, to the permitting process. And um, well, I guess the one other thing is that there is a plaque in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Where's the plaque? Is the grounds the ledge grounds or something? Is it? No. I feel like I need to. I think we need to Google this. We're gonna Google. There's a Titanic plaque. There's a Titanic plaque. Plaque is at City Hall. Oh. And it's uh, it's in commemoration. Like I know that because yeah. I worked at City Hall. You worked at City Hall. Well, yeah, it's like literally Listener. outside my old office. Listener, if you recall, one of our episodes in the future is gonna be about the jobs that Roy had in her <laughs> lifetime, and it'll be the longest episode we've ever done. Um, so this plaque, uh, th which was installed in the Winnipeg City Hall, was in commemoration of the Winnipeggers who died in the sinking of the RMS Titanic on 15 April 1912. Um, is there any value in reading this? They died that women and children might live. Oh. Except for those few guys that threw on a dress and jumped on a lifeboat. <laughs> so... They do list Mark Fortune, John Hugo Ross, Thompson Beatty, Charlie Fortune, George E. Graham, your buddy J.J. Borbank. Um, but they do mention who, with 1,484 others, lost their lives when the steamship Titanic floundered in the mid-Atlantic, April 15, 1912. So there's your number, 1,484. This young guy, George Graham... He was heading to Winnipeg to head the crockery department at Eaton's. Isn't that sad? I wonder. That's so sad. Yeah. We get, we, we're walking a delicate line here of like being dicks and like acknowledging a tragedy, you know? <laughs> it's fascinating though, hey? It is. This guy was secretary treasurer of the Winnipeg Stock Exchange. What, what guy? Uh, Ross. Ross. John oh, Hugo Ross. He's commemorated by Hugo Street. He is. See? Another great street. Another great street and right right by my house. <laughs> <laughs> In River Heights. <laughs> In Crescentwood. <laughs> East River Heights. <laughs> At the dodgy end of River Heights. <laughs> West Transcona. <laughs> East River Heights. It's where the two cities meet. <laughs> <laughs> because St. Boniface doesn't exist. <laughs> That's actually accurate. <laughs> oh, it's excellent. Okay, so. Well, when we go to City Hall, to do our City Hall episode, we'll uh, go check out the plaque. Father, Father, might we take a trip on the Titanic? <laughs> no. I heard it's quite the thing. <laughs> That's not, I've heard things. <laughs> Speaking of things, what do you get when you cross the Atlantic with the Titanic? Halfway there. <laughs> Cue the music! 